Wow, do we have something to tech about, where every episode focuses on ways students create digital evidence of active learning. As a Google for Education district, students and educators alike have free, unlimited access to apps that support creativity, collaboration, communication, and critical thinking, all elements of 21st century active learning. We are Google for Education certified trainers, Drew and Angie with Something Something to to Tech About. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Something to Tech About. I'm Angie, and I have Drew here, I would like to say in the studio, but of course, we're still recording from who knows where (laughs) in Savannah, Georgia, somewhere. And it's kind of funny that we're talking about where in the world are we, because today, our focus is all about Google Earth and using it for um, classroom use and instructional opportunities for students. So, I think we should start off with what in the world is Google Earth? (laughs) You like that, Drew? I do. How clever of you. (laughs) (laughs) So Drew's been diving into Google Earth today. What is it? Yeah, let's tell us about what it is. Okay, well, well, gosh, I know when I first discovered it, it was so clunky. Um, You actually had to download it to your device, so... Yeah, of course, Chromebooks wouldn't have worked with Google Earth back then, but now it is actually much um, easier to access and to run because it is a web-based app, and it basically brings the world to everyone's fingertips. It has literally it uses, yes. yes, it uses up-to-date satellite imagery to show all the different um, street views space views, oceans, um, talk about topography, and also it includes global temperatures, wind speed, precipitation, night skies, and so, so much more. So if you're listening to everything that's there, that's huge. You know, my mind starts thinking, wow, okay, many, many uses for classroom. Yeah, and that's a lot more than I remember Google Earth having. So I'm going to admit to everybody, I am I have not used Google Earth in quite some time, to be honest. Um, the last time I used it was with a small group of students, and they were more enraptured with how quickly they could spin the Earth <laughs> than <laughs> to actually use it. So I, you know, I kind of um, got away from it also because my job changed, but. Drew, when you're talking about like global temperatures and wind speed and precipitation, I had no idea it did all that. Like in terms of thinking about storms, I mean, we live in Savannah, Georgia. Every year we're, you know, faced with hurricane season and such. So do you know if it does anything in regards to that? It Keeping does. Track of hurricanes um, or? Yeah, I was going to mention it a little bit later, but um, oh, I'm sorry. I'll go ahead and dive right in. That's okay. <laughs> And and one of the features that we're going to talk about in a bit, um, they have a category of layers. So you can actually um, track hurricanes and tropical storms as they are um, happening. So basically what happens is they you have the earth and then they do these layers. Mm-hmm. So they take the imagery and layer it over the earth so that you can... Um, see the hurricanes and or the tropical storms as they're happening. So that's what they mean by layers. 
Same okay, thing with, so like, with Google nice My Maps. Maps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So different layers of things that can, you can change. You can change the way you're viewing the world depending on which layer is on top of it. Exactly. Um, so that really changes. Like, I was just. I'm sorry. I'm kind of stuck on this whole idea of um, hurricane and things because. <laughs> I know it's that time of year. We'll get back to the other things, but there are so many kids and teachers really that, that work on hurricane tracking in the, in this type, in this time of year. And I thinking about Mm -hmm. like the students who've got their graph paper out and they're, they're plotting the courses along as they go. And now that we're all remote, this would just be a really interesting way to keep kids engaged on, you know, you almost sort of feel like you're an actual weather person or a, um, you know, a weather scientist because you, it seems like you're really using the tools and not just on the kid with the, with the ruler and the, you know. Yeah. And I think that's one of the good pluses of Google earth is that that data Mm -hmm. that they're collecting, it, it becomes, uh, can be visualized in new and in engaging ways. And that's one way if they're tracking the hurricane, you know, um, they can leave it up on their open in one tab and check in every now and then to see the movement and so forth and and collect the data on that. So, yeah, it makes it really um, uh, connect to the real world. It sure does. So we were mm-hmm. one of the things we we're going to talk about was why would we want to use Google Earth? Because like I mentioned before, I had this fun group of students who really like to just spin the globe. Mm-hmm. So why would we want, you know, why would I want to put myself back into that situation? But I, one of the first things that we were thinking about is that it really does put you in the learning experience. So if you use that hurricane tracker piece, it's not just this abstract thing that I'm bringing in from a news report and then I'm applying it to my piece of paper. I'm actually looking at the live data as it's happening. Exactly. And not just the hurricanes, but there's all sorts. Right. Yeah. Any, pretty much anywhere you want to go, you are in the tropical uh, rainforest. You are in the ocean. You are on top of the mountain. Um, on the streets of New York or mm-hmm. Paris or pick any city. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's exactly. definitely, it's an experience as, as if you were there. And right now, since most of us can't travel due to the pandemic, this would be one way to sort of imitate that and still mm-hmm. get that experience, that immersion experience. Yeah. And I think I mentioned just with it, with um, Google Earth can help students um connect to real world problems and real world actions and, and truly immerse themselves in what's happening across the world. Because the way a lot of the tours, the self-made tours that we'll talk about, put the students right there in the middle and the information cards for particular tours just really um, gives a lot of the information so that students can gain knowledge from, let's say they're still studying cultures, you know, gather the the information of different cultures around the world and let them synthesize that information to, uh, you know, really get a truer understanding of what's happening around the world. And as you're speaking about that, synthesizing information and learning about other cultures and going straight to that part of the world where that culture predominantly exists, this could also become a really interesting way for students to present their learning to Mm -hmm. their classmates. 
So if everyone was learning about something regional, you know, everyone had a different region of the world or a different region of a country or what have you to then provide some sort of like a jigsaw kind of report where everybody becomes an expert. Exactly. And then comes back and teaches the group, you know? Yes. I think this would be a fun way to do that, that especially in a remote situation, you have such wonderful things to present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be our guest. Join in our conversation on a future episode and share your favorite resources, strategies, and even student projects. You're not in Savannah? No problem. We're just a phone call away. Complete the online form to be our guest on www.somethingtotechabout.com. Some other things, I mean, I think it promotes all of the four C's. critical thinking and in, in included. And then one of the ISTE standards, I forget what number it is, but um, creative communicators. And still that's another four C, one of the four Absolutely. C's. Yeah. Uh, creativity and being um, able to communicate. So um, I think Google Earth covers everything. I mean, it, it just limited by what you Your want to do. <laughs> That's it. Any other reasons, Angie, that you want to touch on or? Um, Not in terms of like, why would we use it? But I think, I think it would be a nice opportunity to sort of try if we could get our audience to sort of envision, um, envision your computer screen, and we can talk through some of the features that might be helpful. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that... Yeah. One of the easiest ways, I mean, for not only the educators, but to get our students comfortable with it also, it's it's very user-friendly. You go in, it opens up um, on the surface area, you know, just surface-wise. Uh, there's a toolbar on the left, and then your navigation tools are in the bottom right-hand corner. So one of the easier ways to navigate or explore Mm -hmm. Google Earth is to um, do it together the first time. What a great way to use remotely, you know, to share your screen. And um, it would be an introduction for demonstrating, you know, the features within Google Earth so that when students, um, so that when you start using Google Earth regularly in your class classroom, they'll have a full understanding of how to navigate. Yes. So when you're saying in the, in the lower right-hand corner, there's a, there's a small version of the world, and mm-hmm. then you can see these other, um, there's a compass and a 3D option, and then this little person who's the, the street view, I call him the street view dude, he may have mm-hmm. another name. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the opportunity to fly to a location. So you're saying yeah. like use those pieces with your class before getting before assigning them something to do. Exactly. And basically the street view does just that. When you type in a location um, on the map that shows up, there'll be some blue highlighted areas. And if you click on any of those areas on Google Earth, those will be your street view. So if you land on a street in Paris, you can actually, you know, walk down the street and uh, move around and and see all around you, basically a 360 degree view. Um, 
And then also Google Earth, depending on where you are, I, I, I believe New York and probably places in Europe and, and some other <clears> places, <throat> you can actually go inside the buildings. And I've explore. heard that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can go mm-hmm. inside. So I picked so, a really um, foreign place to research. I chose Savannah, Georgia, <laughs> as you were speaking. And I pulled my little street dude out because I kind of wanted to see, too, you know, how up to date might it be? And mm-hmm. it's pretty timely, I have to say. Like, I'm just goofing around and looking at some of the buildings and such that I know are there now. And um, it's, it's very up to date. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a remote situation, and I don't mean like remote learning, I mean, like, if you live in a remote area, very rural, I wonder how up to date it is. I don't want to imply that, that I'm not sure. I'm not sure if these are mostly satellite images. I mean, obviously, the street view is probably from that little Google street view dude, the, mm-hmm. the guy, the, sorry, Zach, you'll have to cut that out. Obviously, the Street View dude is looking at images that are created from the car that we sometimes see driving through the cities and such. Exactly. So, yeah, um, and maybe, you know, a couple of ideas to do it with your class, to explore with your class is to um, maybe search for your school, Um, type in the address of your school. Um, have, you know, maybe on street view, but then maybe just um, from the satellite view, I guess, uh, in yeah. 3D. And they probably haven't it. seen the roof of their school before. Exactly. They're so used to seeing street view anyway. Yes. But to, to look above it and then, you know, to take that further, you could actually, for math, um, have students measure the the uh, and compare the sizes of the different roofs in the area. You know, the roof covering the lunch room area, the roof covering the classrooms, or or the house next door. So there, you can put your math in. Oh, that's a great idea! And if you mm-hmm. didn't know, there is an actual there's a little ruler tool in Google Earth, so it wouldn't be that you're even having to make up some sort of um, measurement. Um, what's it called when kids make up their own measurement units? You wouldn't have to make up your own measurement unit of it's three fingers wide or it's two fingers wide. Mm -hmm. There's a device, there's a tool right there in there for you. Inventive measurement, right. Thank you. (laughs) Which wouldn't be bad either for the littles, you know. Right, it's still a comparison. Yeah, absolutely. And another, you know, especially if you're teaching remotely, get that chat box in the, you know, open the chat box. Oh, we and love the chat students. box. Yep. Um, type in, um, oh, I wish I could travel to, you know, um, the Eiffel Tower. And mm-hmm. then the teacher can, you know, search Eiffel Tower and then the, the entire class can um, fly and explore the Eiffel Tower. Another way to use the chat box, too. There you go. (laughs) And as you're talking about that, I'm thinking, well, my class just finished up doing um, a six-word memoir project, and they were supposed to think about themselves when they're, you know, really old, like when they're 30, and they look back on the pandemic, what would they remember? Mm -hmm. But even now that I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, well, that'd be another interesting project. You know, we're not traveling, so it's totally normal for all of us to wonder where could we go? Like we can't go. So if we could, 
and money was not an object, we we can all dream right now and that's, go start planning some really. That's cool about places. all we have now, <laughs> right? But but the playing field is even. You know, no one is leaving for spring break and actually going to London or England or you know or even Florida or New York for that matter, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are we're all our travel is um, what's that? I'm going to use the word dialed back significantly for the safety of others. So right now, what a great time to dream big and go visit some other places around the country or in the world. Absolutely. Looking for professional development? Drew and Angie are available. We provide a resource-loaded PD event and would love to visit. Visit our website for more information at somethingtotechabout.com. So now, Angie, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, one of the main features that I really like, and I think most educators will find helpful. And, and of course, you know, make making sure you determine your learning target or your your learning objective <clears throat> prior to uh, digging dig, digging into Google Earth. Yes. So not only why is it good to use, but why are you going to use it and what do you want the students to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Start there. It'd be a great opportunity to switch from the uh, consumer role to a producer role for students. Um, but Google Voyager has, these are our self-made tours that are there for the taking. And if you go to the uh, Google for Education, Google Earth site, and we'll have that link in our, our blog, um, you will find all the Voyager tours um, available. And many of them are either no planning to low planning on uh, the side of the educator. And they who built have, those? Are those built um, by other educators, or are they built by Google employees? Um, Do we know all of the above? All the above? All all the above. Oh, I'm fantastic! Not, I'm not 100. percent I know National Geographic has some in oh, there. Oh, amazing! Yeah. So, but if you're on the Google for Education Google Earth site, you can find the classroom activities there for some of those tours, lesson plans for those tours. Some of them come with quizzes. So Voyager is is a collection of interactive tours and quizzes that are ready for the taking. Um, and I think you'll find something to fit any area, any content area. How about learning math, levels? Because I haven't social looked at studies. Much. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think they're recommended there. Can't say for sure because that wasn't one thing I, I I really checked out. But I think all of them, is, even for the littles, my well, the favorite, teacher could run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite, and I think the the littles would enjoy this as well as the older because you could talk about landforms. It's the um, the tour reading the ABCs from space. Uh, and what, yeah. So what, what's happened is that NASA and, um, has taken their satellite imagery and then also with the, uh, astronaut photography, Mm -hmm. they have put together a tour that highlights landforms that actually form letters of the alphabet. That's fantastic. And they're all from space. It's really 
really quite amazing. So imagine little ones, you know, going through there and trying to find where the actual letter is in, in a, you know, a landform. So oh, that's fantastic. So people would find that under the Voyager tab. I'm looking at that on my screen right now. And it makes mm-hmm. me feel like I'm, I am the um, navigator of a ship. It's this giant ship's wheel. You can't miss it, everybody. There are so many amazing things waiting for you in that Voyager session. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, what are the categories, Angie? Uh, they have nature, games, and although that may, you know, games sound fun and everything, but <laughs> there is a learning piece in there as well, mostly geography, but um I think we came across one just because we're recording this right before Halloween. There's a spooky site. Yes, there's um, a spooky a spooky game. There mm-hmm. are lots of nature. There's different layers. So the Voyager will go through different layers. There's a street view, culture, travel, and education section of Voyager. Mm-hmm. And of course, just like any other website, there are several that are featured at the top. So that would probably change. I'm going to go with seasonally, regularly. I don't know. Every once in a while. (laughs) I think there's one on there that I found very interesting. It's um, geometry and architecture. That's not the title of it, but that was the premises of it is, uh, or circles in architecture, something to that effect. Oh, how cool. It pulls in the math um, and talks about how certain structures um, rely on having, I don't know, triangles or circles in order to make the structure sound enough to remain upright. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, so is it, it, it might be anxious civilizations. Yes, I see. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. So there's your math. Again, you know, social studies and science are, are easily covered in here. There, There's poetry. Poetry and Google yes. Earth? Yes. So... Lots and lots of topics, and and believe me, you can go in and get lost in the rabbit hole. Um, but it's great to explore uh, and get your students in there exploring. Oh, I'm I'm clicking on all the buttons right now, and my jaw is just dropping. Okay, here mm-hmm. we go: geometry of sustainable agriculture, architecture, mm-hmm. not agriculture. <laughs> the geometry of sustainable architecture. It's under the education tab. Mm-hmm. Under Voyager and Google Earth, yeah, and I think there's a fairy t- fairy tale um, tour, and again, these are all pre-made. Yes. Most have uh, resources with them, whether it's a class activity, maybe the the um, a quiz, or maybe the lesson plan. So. Yeah, get out there and explore. Now, I know we've mentioned a lot, <laughs> and we have created a template. Um, that we're going to have yes. on our on our uh, blog and in our wakelet, and basically it's kind of a uh, introduction to Google Earth. It takes the students to different uh, destinations, and then has has some questions. And that template's going to be totally editable to uh, make it yours. You can use as is for sure, or if you have a specific focus or destination or. um, learning objective that you want to accomplish. Yeah. Just, you know, change it out and, and make it yours. Wow. Well, I feel like at this point I need to say, well, Drew, thanks for joining us today on something to talk about because (laughs) 
<laughs> you clearly researched Google Earth much more deeply than I had. And um, so if you have questions about Google Earth, <laughs> you can email us at something to tech about at gmail.com and Drew will respond to your email. About <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> and, and sadly, there is just so much more um, to cover. You know, you can make your own tours as well. And uh, we played with that a little bit before. Mm -hmm. um, I had created an elapsed time project using a KML file, but then we found out, oh, we can create it in Google Drive, which if you're a Google for Education district or school, um, that would easy. be easier. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the KML files. You just actually open it from your um, Google Drive. And boom, you're in your project. So, um, you know, check that out. We may have an upcoming episode on how to create your own or Angie, our video queen, may create a video on how to do that. Who knows? Oh, maybe I will. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm now all excited about it. And of course, I want my students to appreciate all that is here. So mm -hmm. I, I smell a lesson plan coming your way. <laughs> there you go. Be sure to post it on the blog, Angie. What I will. It. I will. Yeah. Whew. All right, everybody. Well, whew, I just gave Drew a run for her money. So thanks so much for joining us today on Something to Tech About. And we would love for you to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you could subscribe, we will send you a blog posting each week. And um, you can participate in the discussions that we're hosting on our Facebook group. So I hope y'all have a great afternoon. And let me add one more thing. If oh. you have <laughs> ideas or other resources for using Google Earth, uh, let us know in the comments on our blog and give us there you go. something, something to, to tech about. about. <laughs> Thank y'all. <you. laughs>